No means no, that's another one. No means no. It's like, no, it doesn't. All right? Look, look, no means no. No, that means no. All right, but no, stop it. What are you doing? Oh my God. You're being so bad. Stop it. No. Yeah, that's not a fucking no. That means I want to do it, but I'm afraid you're going to judge me. So I'm just going to make it look like it was your idea so you don't figure out that I've already performed this act with 40 other fucking people. Right? But then, then you go to court and you get a bad read and there's some guy reading it. Oh, your honor, she said no. Stop it. What are you doing? You're being so bad. Yeah, and you're just sitting there like, she didn't fucking say it like that. She didn't say it like that. All right, and away we go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to this level of All Up In Your Geek, the best hour of your week. You're welcome. And with me as always. Money here, live, on tape delay. I'm all Googled up. I'm ready to go. Twice the Google today. From the mothership. And this is Captain Flash Rodman, asleep at the wheel at the SSS Ninja Bitch Mode, setting a course for fun. And this is Lou, aka Puerto Rican Judo, coming to you live from the All Up In Your Geek Studio. And with that, let's geek up. Settle up your horses. So, email this week give it to me here's the mail it never fails it makes me want to wag my tail when it comes i want to will straight to my sack good evening i think i've had about enough of star wars video games haven't the previous games damaged this franchise enough i've always been a huge star wars guy even going as far as dressing up for the theater releases pre-COVID. But besides the Knights of the Old Republic games, which were fantastic, almost every single Star Wars game has failed to live up to the hype. The last trilogy of movies was so good. I'm not even sure it's possible to reach those heights in a video game. Ubisoft will just be the latest to try and fail. Maybe a Mandalorian game could surpass the euphoric feeling I had after The Last Jedi. You know it. Ray is better than Luke. Wow. Whoa. Wait, uh, wait, hold on. Hold the, hold on one second. Hold on one second. Before we even tackle this email, what is this yeah. motherfucker's name? Uh I he signed it. You know it. Ray is better than Luke. Wow, what a fucking yeah. asshole. <laughs> wow. Darth Darth douchebag is more like it. Yeah, um, right. <laughs> there is so much wrong with that email. I don't even know where to begin. Uh, well, well, you know what? Uh, Luke uh, Ray is better than Luke. Uh, no, I mean a thousand times no. I, I mean, I think even a Ray fan would probably say no. I mean, that's I mean that's horseshit. I mean, I mean I I did not have the same level of detest for the most recent trilogy as Bob did. But even I, who enjoyed the movies for what they were, still wouldn't say that Ray is better than Luke. That's just bullshit. In the highest right. level. The highest, purest, cleanest level of bullshit ever spoken, yeah. ever on All Up In Your Geek. I mean, and then to say that the the most recent trilogy was the best ever? I mean, talk about bullshit mm. stacked higher than, than a bantha. <laughs> want to talk about bullshit um i mean even i think even fans of that tr of this latest trilogy would still not put i mean how do you put anything above the original trilogy as a as a legit star wars fan is is beyond me so yeah, i mean i agree this is like suspect, this is you, suspect how, claims here how do you put the force awakens on the same scale as a new hope like it just doesn't work at all, it doesn't work, and it's it, it pretty much was a, a, a 
freaking remake, <laughs> pretty much, if you, if you break it down. All three of them, uh, to be honest. Yeah. There, there's very little new uh, in the way of storytelling in this latest trilogy, whether, whether you like it or not. You know, I think we can agree on at least that point. Well, I think, first of all, we should thank Ray is better than Luke for his email. Or her email. Or her, well, that's right. I'm not done. I'm not done, because then he went on to say that there was no <laughs> other good Star Wars games, which I vehemently disagree with. Um, I thought the, you know, the, the first Force Unleashed was excellent. Um, you know, I also mentioned, we also mentioned Republic Commando, which was an excellent Star Wars game. Uh, I, I also like the, the Jedi Knight, Jedi Academy games. I thought were Those very were good. Plus, you um, have the original Battlefront games, the good ones that were on the PS2 yeah. that were great games. Uh, Jedi Power Battles going back as far as PS1, which was a lot of fun to play. Uh, the Super Series, Super um, yeah. was, New yeah, Hope, Super, Super Return of the Jedi, the Super Jedi. Empire Strikes Back were amazing Excellent. games. This motherfucker doesn't know what he's talking about. No, no, this is highly suspect email here. Uh, to, if his purpose was to incite rage, he then uh, mission accomplished. Wait, I, you know what? This feels a lot like my Final Fantasy VII argument. Mm -hmm. If this gentleman or, or gentlewoman's initial foray into Star Wars was this last trilogy, then maybe he or she has the connection with those movies that she's now come he or she has come to love the franchise so that last trilogy whichever movie it was that was you know the first for her that popped his or her cherry might hold a special place in his or her heart it's sort of like 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 i said the final fantasy argument where it's like final fantasy 7 is the best game ever and it's like well it's it's not it's not even the best in the series but if that was the game that sort of opened up the final fantasy world to you i could see you having that connection and never really being able to let that go because I think we all have that type of connection with some sort of inferior product. No, somewhere. No, no, I'm going to cut you off, D Money, because you're wrong. And let me tell you why you're wrong. Because he mentioned that his favorite games were Knights of the Old Republic, mm -hmm. which were released uh, right then around circa 2003. Yep. Am I right? Okay. So, and that was the time of the of the prequel trilogy. So he that would have been if you want to say he was a younger man or woman that would have been his entry point into Star Wars not the sequel trilogy. So yeah, fuck yeah. you, Brandon. <laughs> You're probably right, but I, look, I'm just trying to, to to cover all bases here. We don't know, you know. Who knows? Maybe he, you know, proposed to his wife with one of these movies. I mean, who knows? It, no, she would have said no. She would have dumped him. She would have threw the popcorn me, in his face. Let me tell you something. If he did propose to his his girlfriend during any of those last trilogy movies, then they both have low expectations. <laughs> that's that's <Yeah. laughs> My point was simply we're not getting the whole story here. He's giving us, he or she, excuse me, is giving us an opinion of his or hers without any context to it. So... It's certainly within the realm of possibility. And you guys have said this before. You know this. There are people who like everything and who hate everything. You can go on the internet and find somebody who likes to eat a bag of dog shit. But, but, but it's not – I disagree with that because it's not that he's saying that he likes it. He's saying that it's the best. <sighs> and, and that's where I cry foul. Yes. Because, like I said, even if you enjoy those movies and even if you watch those movies – they are not the best. Look, everyone is entitled to your opinion, but that opinion is wrong. <laughs> and, and, and another thing, another thing is you can't make a bold claim like the most recent trilogy is the best Star Wars that you've seen. And did not say that. Hold on. He or she did not say that. He said, quote, the last trilogy of movies was so good in caps. I'm not sure it's even possible to reach those heights in a video game. He did. He he signed it. Ray is better than Luke, which yeah. implies that yes, he did in fact watch the original trilogy, saw the most recent trilogy, and came to the conclusion that he believes Ray is better than Luke. Yeah, yeah, I can't argue that. It says Correct. that black and white. Yes. That motherfucker is out of 
their mind because i don't know if it's a male or female but let me tell you i would love to get a little bit more context on this email maybe it'll explain something but i agree with bob that opinion's wrong and will be wrong all the time let's put it and i will go further to sentence this email to be put into carbon freeze (laughs) then to be thrown into the sarlacc pit to then be blasted by the death star from space to never be seen when are we throwing it in the compactor? Get that crap out of here. <laughs> no, it doesn't even touch the compactor. Well, throw the pieces of the planet into the compactor. Well, you know what? I think you guys made a good point. Mr. or Mrs. Ray is better than Luke. Please, give us more. Maybe explain your position a little bit. We're here to listen, and these two jokers are clearly interested in how you came to the conclusion that Ray is better than Luke. Absolutely. That I would love to hear that explanation. And I also want to add that although there are people who believe that the Star Wars video game franchise cannot be saved, with the news of Ubisoft taking over this license and now going to make Star Wars games, the one game since this has started so far that fans are calling for a remake of is the Revenge of the Sith game. Like there's legit people who are like redo, remaster, do something with this game um, and I think that's really telling because that's like that, tr- that's the transition movie right there. That is where, yeah. you know, Anakin becomes Darth Vader and then we get that original trilogy. So it's, th- that's like, for me, it was a key movie and the video game wasn't terrible. I enjoyed playing that video game. No, me too. I, I thought it was pretty good. And I, and I went back and I played it, uh, I played it when it came out and I went back and played it again a few years ago and, mm-hmm. and I, I still felt the same. I thought it was a pretty good uh, you know, Star Wars game and a good movie-based uh, game. You know, a, a lot better than some of the other shit I've played, for sure. And it gave you the alternate ending where What If Anakin won, which yes. was awesome. Very, yes, good point. Very cool. And <laughs> and it even had a, a one-on-one versus mode that wasn't too shabby for what it was. Yep. All right, well. Bob? Will you well, do me the and conquer my mountain? I will. Uh, Ray is not better than Luke has been brought to you by the new novel uh, To Conquer a Mountain by R.S. Denker, the exciting tale of one man's road to redemption and realization that Luke is in fact better than Ray, and this book is available right now on Amazon.com Boom! Don't throw your personal propaganda bullshit into our sponsors I, I, I will I will, it's that important a wise man once said, this is our show. We'll do whatever the fuck we want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, not not really wise. <laughs> um, you know, before, uh, before we get into the festivities of the rest of this level, um, you know, I want to take a moment to uh, thank Bravery Up Studios um, for having us on. Uh, on Monday, we, had, we were interviewed by the Bravery Up podcast, and it, it was a really good interview they really gave us a platform, not just for the show, but just good conversation. Like, it, you know, I, I didn't know what to expect. I've never really been interviewed about my geekhood before. And, um, you know, it felt really good to take a lot of the stuff, not just that we talk about on a daily basis, but just a lot of the stuff that was inside my brain or runs through my brain all the time and just talk about it. It felt good. It was a good conversation. Um, and uh, I just wanted to say thanks. I don't know how you guys felt about it, but I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great. I had a lot of fun. I thought, like you said, the, the conversation was engaging. The interview was was a good time. Money was a little bit turned down, a little bit neutered. However, that you know has to be sometimes. There's a time and a place for everything. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would love to collaborate with them a little bit more if we could. I don't know if if we could schedule something maybe they could come on here and and you know we could do them the honors that they did us but uh it was a a pleasure monday night thank you bravery up yeah and i'm gonna make that uh uh an all three agree (laughs) um i had yeah i had a great time i thought it was really fun you know speaking with them uh i thought you know their questions were were great uh we had some good conversation i i enjoyed my time and i would yes i would love to collaborate with them again anytime you know for for two guys that we've never been on a podcast with before and there was really very little to no preparation on our part 
everything came off very organically, very natural. Yeah, just from, it, just from the beginning, even, you know, just getting in to do the sound check from the beginning, just, you know, catch, uh, catching up with Drew because it's been some time. Um, the, the, it's, it's like, you know, there's people you meet and you don't talk to for a while and you pick up right where you left off. And, you know, that's how it felt. And I, I had I, none of us, uh, none of the three of us anyway, had ever met Marvin before. And yeah, he was awesome. Yes. Yeah. One gnarly son of a bitch, if I do say so myself. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Absolutely. So we'll get some more details on that interview. And once we have a, um, a runtime, we'll certainly um, let you guys know so you can listen to that as well. Boom! There you go. You over, you took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> All right. So, <clears throat> you know, I, I want to change pace a little bit. You know, over the over the past couple of episodes, you know, we've talking Cobra Kai and talking a bunch of stuff that's going on and, you know, uh, money spending double on a PS5. And it's, you know, I think... That, that bothers you so much more than it bothers me? It does. It, it irks me. <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> Let's at least lay the facts out as they are. I paid a premium of $240 for my PlayStation 5 bundle. Not double the price. It's it's $240 too much for me. Fair for enough. Me. But guess what? When I'm done tonight, I'm going inside and playing some PS5. No, you're not. Oh, wait, wait. You're going to fall asleep on the sofa. <laughs> some more uh, Bamfasize bullshit right there. He's not. I'm going inside and I'm playing PS4 games on my PS5. There you go. <laughs> you you spent two hundred and forty dollars extra for a system you already have. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, you know, I think uh, I I want to I want to put something out there to you guys. You know, in having this this interview this past Monday and and preparing for the show, I want to talk about just my video game journey in in general, like how I got started. It. One of one of the questions really got me thinking about that and why it is that we're here in the first place. Why three years ago we decided, you know, we wanted to do a podcast, not just because we, you know, we're, we're boys and we all play video games and we have this history at GameStop. Yeah, we, we have that and we've talked about that. But this thing that they call gaming started somewhere. And for me... That experience started in the Bronx, in Dino's Pizzeria, right right on the Grand Concourse by 170. Yeah, baby. And, you know, it was absolutely breathtaking. Just, Just picture this, right? First of all, picture the Bronx in the 80s. People are out everywhere, shit going on. Switchblade combs. Yeah, you got to duck switchblade combs and bullets. And when you finally do that and you get into Dino's Pizzeria, you smell the smell of the pizza. And I sat down and I believe... (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) This is where Pasquale's got their recipe from. (laughs) So I, you know, they did, it was a small little walkway when you come in and then it kind of opened up in the back. So you had the counter and the pizza ovens and everything, and you get the smell of the fresh pizza. They they had the you know they always had the uh, typical beef patties up front as well. Um, but I sat down at this table with my father, and we're having this pizza, and I hear this noise in the background, and it's a testament to a lot of what money says video games are to him. Those beeps and boops. And I, I couldn't quite make out what it was. And then when I was done with my pizza, I go to the back and there's three arcade machines. Only I don't know what the fuck they are because I've never seen an arcade before. This was my first exposure to arcade. And the first game that I ever saw that I played and put a quarter in was Donkey Kong. The ori- Yeah, the original Donkey Kong game. And right next to it was Pac-Man which I think every arcade still to this day, if you can find an arcade, has Pac-Man. And then right next to that was uh, Centipede the, the, that had the ball in it. So, yeah. yeah. So, you know, I'm sitting here, or, well, standing really, and I'm playing this Donkey Kong game. And, you know, there's a crowd of kids that have been playing, and it was finally my turn. So I get in, and 
of course, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. So the barrels just keep hitting me. And I, I, I don't know that there's a jump button. I'm just moving back and forth. And I couldn't figure it out. And then once I knew that I had to hit that button to jump, I at that point is when I knew that I was hooked on this shit. Because it was an amazing feeling to have this level of control playing this game Try to dodge these barrels and the fireball. And you got this big fucking monkey all the way at the top trying to save a girl. Um, You know, processing all of this stuff at the same time and trying to strategize. Even at that young age, I was fucking hooked. And I think that was the beginning of what I I can only describe as a video game addiction. Um, Because I think after that experience for... uh, Fuck... We probably went there every weekend and maybe once or twice during the week on my way home from school. My grandmother would take me also. And, um, you know, Donkey Kong was it. And then, after you know, once I played Donkey Kong for a while, I moved into um, Space Invaders because I like to roll that, um, you know, that little ball control. Um, and that was fun, too. There, there was with both of those games, I think they were, I guess, for that time. And this was before there were genres and stuff. It was kind of like that platforming, um, that that platforming feel before there was ever platform games. And, you know, Donkey Kong in specific only have four levels. And once you got through those four levels, it just kind of repeated itself and difficulty increased. And then you had the barrels going sideways and stuff like that. Um, and it was just it was a very good experience playing for me anyway playing all of that shit and that was i mean donkey kong released what in 81 right um, something like that yeah so there was no at that time there was nothing to you know there was no home system at, well at least for me there wasn't if there was there was probably the coleco vision and atari and shit but i didn't have that until well later on so well, you say know. it again yeah, like the Atari 2600, yeah, probably Coleco and maybe Intellivision were around. Some others, but those were the, the main ones, I think, at that time. Yeah. July 9th, 1981 was the arcade release of Donkey Kong. For, uh, in North America, right? Because I think it was before that in Japan. Yeah, I believe so. That's just the date that popped up. It doesn't say, let's see, uh, in North America, yep, and Europe. Yeah, so I mean, I you know, that was the catapult of where I started my gaming in Dino's Pizzeria with greasy hands, even though I don't like touching my greasy-ass controllers now as an adult. I fucking played Donkey Kong with greasy pizza hands, uh, greasy fucking French fry hands. And you know what? I wouldn't take that experience away at all. I wish that that was an experience that I could give my kids now, that old-school arcade feel where, you know, people are watching you play and waiting for you to finish and putting their quarters on the dashboard. A lot of the stuff, a lot of that stuff we've discussed before. Um, right. Say it again. Masks. Masks. Are going to be, will these people have masks on when they place their quarters down and give you their coronavirus germs? They, they would now. Yeah. <laughs> you don't even want to touch the damn controller. <laughs> or the joystick. Google anyway. covered. Yeah. <laughs> Um, for me, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say for me, it was a little bit different because I grew up in, in white suburbia, you know, and we didn't really have arcades that we frequented very often. We would play arcade games when we went to a restaurant or, you know, a diner or something like that, that had them there. But we had the Ataris when I was, geez, I was just a baby. And they never really grabbed me. I mean, I would fool around with them and I would play with them. I'm sure I did. I remember doing it, but I never remember being addicted, as you say, or or sucked in. But I do remember getting the NES upon release Mm -hmm. and getting Gyromite. And we had had our video games up on the main floor before the Nintendo came. And when the Nintendo came, we brought it down. We had like a live-in basement. And we brought it downstairs in the basement, and that sort of became our game room. And that was just a whole nother experience for me, and that really did hook me in. We won a contest. I think I've told this story before on the show, but we won a contest, and we got Super Mario Brothers before it released. And that, to me, that feeling of, of exclusivity, of having something that nobody else had, and, and like you said, platformer at the time it was it was the shit i mean there was nothing else like super mario brothers at that time right yeah and i 
I got addicted to that feeling of exclusivity and having something that nobody else had and had and it drove me. And then the competition, I'm four and a half years younger than my older brother. And the, the, the constant competitions of who could do better, who could get further, who could die less, higher score, on and on and on. And as we got more games and, and you know, the the, uh, the competitions shifted a little bit or morphed, if you will, because every different game, there's some sort of different desire when you're playing it. For example, Super Mario Brothers is just trying to get to the end. But, you know, a game like Contra it's who can die less. I mean, you're still trying to get to the end, but since it's a co-op situation, you know, it's, it's not as adversarial because you need your partner to do well in order right. for yourself. to do well. So I think that that competitive drive followed me throughout my life. I mean, and it, it, it's probably a big part of the reason I've succeeded in the things that I've succeeded in. And uh, a, a bigger part of the reason that the things that I've failed at, I've driven myself to become better at so I could succeed at them. Mm -hmm. So I, I think in in learning about ourselves, if I want to go that far back and I can trace who I am in a lot of ways back to the NES and having it and playing it and the experiences that came from my life because of this video game addiction again, as you put it. And there's something about video games and kids. I, I want to say it's got, it's, it's probably got more to do with the brain and, you know, maybe the refresh rate of activity going on and the, no downtime and, you know, just the, the constant input because we were addicted. Our kids are addicted. Their kids will be addicted. Right. And you're right. It sucks that there's no more arcades. And and I don't want to give you the wrong impression. We definitely had our, our arcade experiences. But again, they were sort of supplementary to <clears throat> home. You know, when we played a game on the arcade, it was and we liked it. It was the happiest day of our lives when they finally released that for a console. Right. You know? It, it yeah. wasn't like it is now where the consoles are just more powerful than anything you could play in an arcade for arcades that even exist. I mean, you could still find quote unquote arcades that are just sort of like video game cafes where you could go and play the current stuff or play some older stuff. But but you're right. It's not the same. And, you know, the whole quarter on the dashboard type thing I got next. And, you know, if you win, you stay on. And, and I was never big into to fighting games, but where I went to school right down the block, we would, we would eat at this pizzeria and they had uh was it was a dark stalkers or night stalkers or which one was it, Bob? Dark stalkers. Uh, stalkers dark in the 90s. So I, I got into that. What was the girl's name? The vampire? Oh, not, now you're asking for too much. Morgan. I think it was Morgan. Oh shit. Yeah, it was Morgan. <laughs> and I was, you know, I was pretty decent. I was never the best because never my thing, but but I think for me, the thing that stands out about my quote unquote video game journey was just how I can see how the characteristics that I, I, I garnered from gaming have affected the larger me. That's fair. You know, you know, well, to your to your point, money, I will say that um, there is a there is a study about the level of decision making that a gamer has to make while playing a game, which is why people tend to be so intrigued and caught up in what they're doing in a video game. Um, and that study came in relation to, it, it was a study about gaming and education, right? Why kids are more uh, engaged, I guess, in video games than being in a classroom. And one of the arguments was that when you're playing a vid, the, the average child uh, or adolescent playing a video game makes a decision every like six to eight seconds, something to that effect. While versus a classroom, it could be 30 to 60 seconds before they need to be engaged to make a decision or answer a question or anything like that. So there's more stimulation for a uh, student playing a video game or being on a computer or some type of device that's going to need for them to have some type of rapid response Versus just sitting there listening to a teacher talk shit and they ask you a question every three minutes or whatever. Right. And that's kind of what I meant when I said the constancy of the input. You know, it's, it's right. just, a, just a, a free flow of information, you know. And I don't just mean that 
figuratively, but literally as well, that, you know, the colors and the lights and the sounds and, and then the information. Exactly. You know, what you're reading. And, 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 and I think, you know, the, the, the refresh rate going back and forth. And I, I again, I don't know. And I'm just trying to use the little education that I have and the, the little logic that I can come up with to guess it. That would, but yeah. it is, it, it, it's just, it's, it's so engaging for kids. I mean, so much more so than myself, you know, as an adult, I see my kids and they're, they go at it, you know, <laughs> going to have them. And, you know, God forbid one of them gets an, an extra 30 seconds, you know, compared to the other one. It, it's, it's unbelievable. And nothing else is that way. I mean, you know, they want everything to be just and fair in life as most kids do. But when it comes to, to gaming, I mean, you know, it, it's just, it's unbelievable. You know, my, my oldest will be like, no, no, no. But he had 14 more seconds than I had, you know, <laughs> you know, how do you, how do you even know that? You know? And he's like, well, I started at, you know, this time. And I ended at that time and he started at this time and he ended at that time. And it's like, but he went to the bathroom while he was playing. So, you know, so he lost a couple of minutes there and it, it's just, but it's, for me, it's unbelievable to see their level of attention or their level right. of detail with something to, that is just so insignificant. Like, who gives a shit who played the X Men? Oh, it makes a difference. Oh, it matters. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think for me, it's a little bit of both you guys together. Big surprise. I'm somewhere in the middle. But, I mean, if, when I think back... Um, probably the first time I played a video game might have been uh, up the street. We had a, a Lamb's Chinese restaurant, and in the bar area, I think they had a Galaga machine. Oh wow! And and I yeah, and I think maybe my mom gave me like a quarter and like like here play play a game. And you know, I think I played you know popped the quarter and I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I think I played for like thirty seconds and like that was it. Yep. You know, like it didn't. You know, I was like, okay, this was fun, but it nothing had really kicked in. I think at that point, um, and then uh, at home, you know, I had an older brother, and he had a ColecoVision and an Intellivision, and you know, I remember them being there. But like D Money said, those never really grabbed me. You know, it was just like you're you're playing with like squares and blips and bloops. It's like it was like what the what the fuck is this? So although then later on, you know, my older brother did get the NES. And, you know, I mean, this is like stereotypical, you know, TV, old TV in the basement, <laughs> yep. you know, hooked up and, you know, he, and he was, and he, and he was playing it. He had Mario, but we, we had Rob the Robot with Gyromite, but I couldn't figure out what the fuck was going on with that. <laughs> so, I mean, I think everybody just grabbed the second controller and just moved, moved the things <laughs> up and down. You know, I wasn't waiting. Fucking Rob was taking his sweet ass time with those tops. It's like, yep. come on, Rob, we got shit to do, pal. So, but he also had, you know, he had Super Mario Brothers, um, he had Metroid, um, and he had Punch-Out! and, like, Kung Fu, and I remember, like, once I saw that, shit was on. I was like, whoa. Because, like, I mean, at the time, I was like, wow, I was like, okay, this is Mario, it's a little, you know, plumber guy, and he's jumping and he's stomping, but, you know, I mean, you look at it now, it's laughable, but back then, it was like, whoa, okay, like, this looks like something. And, you know, the gameplay was there and the level design was there. And, yeah, it was very, like, it was very addictive. Because, like, all right, you start out, you know, you run, you run right, you jump, you know, you land into the Goomba, you're dead. Okay, I know I got to jump. And then you get a little bit further and a little bit further and then you complete the level. And and that that whole gameplay mechanic was, yeah, it was very addictive. And, and then I was really, really hooked. And, you know, we're playing Punch-Out! Try to figure out... How to oh, you know beat wow. this guy and what's the technique for that guy? And then don't forget, you know, uh, youngins. There's no YouTube. There's no internet. There's no nothing to tell you anything. So you're really on your own, and you you really have to try to figure it out. And and like, hey, you know, uh, it, there was like a secret, like in, in the original Mario Brothers, when the you know the invisible block with the free guys, like, whoa, what's that? You right. Know, and the warp zone, like a warp zone, like anything was possible back then. Like you just your, your mind would race. And, you know, the problem was, though, that the NES was my older brother's. And, you know, like, typical older brother, he's like, it's mine. You can't play it. <laughs> but, <laughs> but so I would have to kind of sit and watch him play. Maybe he'd let me play for two seconds and die. Be like, pass the controller, dummy, you know. 
And so the Doyle rules. The Doyle rules. <laughs> I mean, exactly. So, you know, what would happen was, but my brother was more of like an outside kid. You know, he liked playing football outside, riding his bike outside. And that was his deal. So when he was outside with his friends, I'd be like, all right, shit, it's game time, baby. And I would sneak down and, you know, play punch out and, and kung fu and all these games. And, and I really loved it. Uh, and I was also fortunate that up the street, not too far, next town over, we did have an arcade. Uh, uh, game Town uh, was the arcade, and it was it was converted from an old church, so it was kind of funny. It was on a hill, and you kind of walked up steps, and the building looked like a church, but inside was a legit arcade, and actually, I think for the time, a, a pretty pretty decent sized arcade. And they had tons, you know, tons of games on the game floor, and then, uh, you know, typically. They had another uh, side room with uh, pool tables and pinball tables. And let me tell you, as a, as a kid, I didn't realize because I'm like, hey, it's an arcade. I'm having fun. But there were some seedy motherfuckers by the pool table. <laughs> like, like, you yeah. know, I wouldn't be surprised if someone got shanked in the back or something. There's people smoking. It was like, you know, a little seedy. There, um, there's, there's, nothing, there's nothing that says you're in an arcade like seedy motherfuckers in a fucking uh, old school church by a pool table. Right, exactly. You know, like I think people are like hustling pool in the back or something and, you know, someone's throwing up on, underneath the pool table. I don't know what the hell is going on. Honestly, I didn't spend too much time in that area. I was more on the game floor. And, you know, I remember playing, uh, you know, like Operation Wolf with the oh, machine gun. You yeah. know, I was like, whoa, this is cool. I remember distinctly playing Rastin. I re that one stuck out. I was into Conan, and that yeah. was like pretty much Conan, the, the video game. Um, and, you know, another game that really double, you know, playing Double Dragon for the first time, you know, I played a Game Town, and you know, that blew me away. That one really stuck out. Um, you know, just it was something satisfying a way that, you know, you just beat the shit out of people yeah. in that game. And you could play with a friend, which was, you know, really cool. Because, you know, back then you could play two players, but most of the time you're taking turns, you know, so you can get further, so you can get the high score, you know, or you're playing like, you know, Karate Master, like against each other. Right. Um, but something like cooperatively, you know, um, you know, maybe a space shooter. But but this was like a cool, like, hey, let's, let's kick ass as a team. And, you know, I had one of my friends and, you know, we'd pop quarters and we'd go – you know, play Double Dragon, and and that was awesome, and I had so many fun memories, so much so that I, I had at least three or four birthday parties in a row. Nice. Fucking game. And they had, like, a, a party room downstairs in the basement, which at the time, I was like, this is cool. Thinking back on it now, I was like, there's probably a dead body in the closet or something <laughs> in this basement. But they the had... Take the kids to touch them. Right, <laughs> exactly. Wait, what? Well, well, I didn't hear I didn't hear you, Money, say it again. That's where the priests took the kids to touch them. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, but anyway, d down in the basement, they, they would have some of the, you know, some of the older machines and they'd sort of, uh, you know, rig it where, you know, just, just on free play. Right. So, you know, you'd go down your party room and, you know, you, all the games were there on free play. Um, and they, they had some good ones down there, too. They had Kung Fu Master down there. They had Gauntlet. They had, you know, so I remember playing Gauntlet with, you know, four player. And that was a cool experience. And a couple other games, um, and then they would give you like a bucket of tokens, and they'd send you upstairs. And you know, you'd go upstairs and play for a while, and then you come back, right. you know, have your your cake and get your shitty uh, goodie bag, and and go home. But mm -hmm. I mean, that was that was a, a great great time until <laughs> until one birthday uh, that I was there when um, my brother gave me a giant box that seemed heavy. And again, at the time I didn't have an NES, you know? So he's like, here you go, Bob. He's like, I know you want a Nintendo. And I was like, no way. And I opened it up and it was a box full of newspapers. <laughs> I cried. <laughs> there is evidence of this, by the way. That's um, funny. I was in tears <laughs> as, you know, I don't know, seven or, or something. And, and, uh, yeah, um, my older brother had pulled a, a great uh, example of douchebaggery. Um, but then after that, my mom, you know, she's like, you know what, I'm just going to get you the, the NES. She actually gave me a choice. She's like, you know, you don't have to have that. She took me to Toys R Us, and she's like, hey, if you want one of the other systems, you can. And I remember looking at uh, the TurboGrafx-16 and, you know, like I think the Master System and, and some other shitty fucking light gun system that you 
played with a VHS tape. I was like, what the hell is it? And I look, you know, and I looked at that, but I was like, ah, you know what? These are all posers. Give me the, give me the real deal. Give me the NES. Yeah. And and then I really never looked back after that. Um, that was the the beginning, the the genesis. And yeah, I mean, and, I don't know what it was. Something just clicked. I think maybe I liked the escape of it. Maybe um, right. maybe the challenge of it. Um, maybe because like you know, in, in real life, I can't you know just. Uh, kick someone in the face but you know in kung fu master like i can you know like I, <laughs> right you know yeah. so maybe, maybe there was some appeal there but you know but, it, you know you both mentioned you know the, the nes in, in the beginning stages and for me before I, I remember before i ever had an nes that there were a lot of years where arcade gaming is what it was for me and the one you know i was hooked into the games and i loved playing the games but the thing that i loved more i think than anything else and i think this is this is how i see gaming and gamers it always struck me as a culture the the people who were at the arcades the people who would go to the pizzerias and even later on um you know i would my my parents would take us down every summer we would go down to city island um, down by Orchard Beach in the Bronx. And we would go all the way to the end of the pier, and the last restaurant on the left was Johnny's Best Fried Shrimp Ever. And, you know, I would have a basket of shrimp, a basket of fries to go with that, and a soda. And then I was playing Kung Fu and Kung Fu Champ. And then they also had uh, elevator action. And, nice. you know, yeah. And to watch people hover around the games, and especially with, with Kung Fu Champ, because that was kind of a one-on-one you know, you got a red, a red gi and a white gi. And you had, you, you, like, it, it was oh, the... Karate champ. Karate, karate champ. champ, thank you. And you had to, like, you had to time your shit. Because it wasn't like Street Fighter where you got all these moves and throwing fireballs. Like, this was like some karate kid type shit where you, like, are just kicking and punching. And you had to do it at the right time. Um, and watching people trying to get the timer down and seeing how concentrated they were and the way that people communicated with each other, there was a culture behind arcade gaming that I just found absolutely fascinating. And it didn't matter where I went, that culture was there. There were people and they were talking shit and they were busting balls, but nobody would ever like actually fist fight about it. It was always cool after the fact. It was always laughs after the fact. Um, you know, the one place where I spent... I guess as a teenager, once I started getting older and, and the game started progressing, playing video games, was either at a movie theater, right before going to see a movie, um, or every summer and winter, for the winter break and toward the end of the summer, we would go uh, down to the Poconos and we would always visit Monterey Lodge. And Monterey Lodge had a great fucking arcade. And those were the two spots that I remember playing the most games. And I, I played a lot of arcade games in a lot of other places. But it was always that same culture. And now there's two places out of two different states. And it's the same thing. So this is this was the, you know, the opinion that I just have of video games and gaming. That people like the competition. People like the challenge. Um, and those are the two things that drive gamers. And, you know, I t- I've taken a lot of quarters and I've lost a lot of quarters doing, my, you know, my fighting game of choice. I know, Bob, you like the, the Street Fighter series, but I love the Mortal Kombat series. And, you know, I wasn't great by any stretch, but, you know, I, I kicked some ass and got my ass kicked a couple of times. But that I think money hit it on the head. That level of competition, like, gets you going. Like, there was no internet like there is now. You have to figure the shit out. Um mm-hmm. But I remember in the inception of the internet, looking up on the slowest dial-up ever, you know, how to do Scorpion's moves, how to throw... <laughs> yeah, exactly. How to throw Scorpion's spear, how to do a roundhouse kick, um, you know, how to do his disappearance shit or whatever the fuck it was. And you had to write it down because you couldn't buy a printer because those printers were fucking expensive back then. So you had like three or three or four loose leaf papers with arrows and ups and downs and all kind of shit. And you're trying to memorize it. So when you go to the arcade, <laughs> you know, you remember these moves. And that was the most fun time that that I had with arcades. And I don't think it, I don't think that there's any doubt with when I got my NES, just like you guys, it was a wrap. And it wasn't just Super Mario Brothers for me. It was the original Mario Brothers game that got me. Me and my father rocked the shit out of that game. 
and game. Oh, game. great game. Not only was it a good co-op game where you could work together, it was a great fucking competitive game where you could fuck the other person over just by hitting one turtle. And it was all over. The whole game was compromised because you hit one goddamn turtle. Um, you know, I, I wanted to touch on what Bob said a little bit about the escaping reality. Because I think that's really when I got addicted was when when things started going sour in my life. I was probably only about six years old mm -hmm. and I found that escape of reality in gaming, specifically with Final Fantasy. And that to me, I think, is where I became again, where I can see who I am today and trace it back to that, preferring to play alone, preferring to, you know, just, just have it as not necessarily when I say as mine, I don't mean in a greedy way, but as my experience where, you know, I love you guys, but you know, it, it, there are certain things I just want to keep to myself, you know, and, sure. and my game and my kitty porn are two of them. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but also Lou, you, what you said about how it was just, it was a different experience back then and it was a different world. And I think it's important to point out that gaming in 2021 is an entirely different galaxy it is. than game in the 80s was. You know, it, you didn't have the internet. You only got to play at home or at an arcade. So you would play at home. And even if you had competition at home, if you had a sibling at home, it, it, after a while, it's, it's not even competition anymore. It's the same game over and over and over. And you really didn't get yeah. to test your until you went to the arcade exactly and how good you really were or you really weren't you know and, and then you would go home and you would improve upon what you could because again the games you were playing in the arcade at that time were not the same games that we had at home no so you have to sort of kind of you know take the game you were playing in the arcade and find something that you had that was similar to it if you wanted to get better at the one of the in the arcade unless you were actually going to the arcade to get better you know, and then, and this is the part I harp on this. I talk about this all the time is the experience of playing a game without the internet, without the handholding, without the help. You had two choices back then. You progressed and beat a game or you went and you begged your parents to go buy you another one. And we all know what the answer to that was. Yeah, exactly. So you, yeah. You figured out a fucking way. You know, it's funny. It, <clears throat> it's funny that you said that because just yesterday, um, uh, myself, the High Heel Gamer, and, and Split Lager were playing some Division Two, and uh, we were uh, we she streams and we are part of that stream. So she had uh, some people watching while we were playing, and we had come to a point where, you know, we were in this room and there was a kind of like a, a UFC cage, but the cage was locked, and you could clearly see that there was loot on the inside of the box. You just had to figure out how to get inside the cage. So one of the people who were watching had already, I guess, had already done that and were giving her instruction on how to open the door to get into the cage. And she started to say it out loud. And I, I was like, wait, wait, wait a minute. You can read the comments. Why don't you read it and keep it internal and let me and Zach figure it out. And then if we can't figure it out, then you can let us know. Because, and, and that's an instinct that just automatically kicks in. Because the beginning stages of my gaming, just like you, was by myself. And I enjoyed it. I enjoyed sitting in front of the TV or in front of an arcade box or wherever I was and playing a game and figuring it out. And, right. you know, I think that's something that maybe a handful of young gamers now get. But the majority of them, I, I, I don't think they do. I think there's a lot of watching, a lot of looking up, and a lot of seeing other people do it first. Yeah, not in my house. There is nothing like that feeling of accomplishment when you're stuck on a game for however long you're stuck. And we were fucking stuck. I mean, we were stuck for weeks or months at a time, sometimes years mm -hmm. at a time. And then finally figuring it out. You know, you know, you had your few friends you would talk to this shit about and you knew they didn't know because if they knew they would have already told you. But either that's how you figured it out back then. Either somebody told you or you just did it the hard way. You know, there were no choices. You went and you figured it out. And I find that that trait is lacking that um, resourcefulness yep. of just being 
you know, whatever you need to be to solve that problem. And I stress that with my kids, figure it out. And we're not just talking about in video games. In life. We're talking in life. Mm. Yeah. They'll say, daddy, I can't do this because X, Y, and Z. And I'll say, yep. well, figure it out. Just, you know, just as. That's why I'm here. But I'm not exactly. helping you by doing for you. Just, just as a, a generic example of how something like that applies. Just today, my daughter's learning geometry. And she came to me with a bunch of parallelograms that she had to find the area for. And unlike when she first learned it, now they've got numbers running down the middle of the parallelogram on the side and on the bottom. And she's okay. like, Daddy, I can't figure this out. I need help. And so I look at it and I said, okay, what do you need help with? She's like, I don't understand. I said, why don't you understand? She goes, there's too many numbers. I said, you don't need to worry about the numbers. What, how do you find the area? What's the area of any shape? And she said, length times width. I said, which is the length? And she pointed to the length. I said, which is the width? And she pointed to the width. I said, so why are we having this conversation? Do the math. Mm-hmm. And, and it took that for her to be able to do it. Like if it's something difficult that she gets stuck on, I don't have a problem, you know, kind of guiding her through it. But she knows the formula for area. She knows what length and width are. Figure it out. Let's go. Right. Let's figure it out. Figure out how to figure it out and figure it out. You know, and, and I find that, that that experience, especially in video games, is lost today. Because even if you're not looking a game up on the Internet, the next town you have to go to is highlighted. It's in fucking blue. It's in neon blue with arrows pointing to it. And, mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't that way back in the day. Go back and play Final Fantasy, the original Final Fantasy with no fucking help. Mm-hmm. Or Dragon Quest. I couldn't even get out of the first fucking room. In Dragon Quest. Yeah. <laughs> They didn't help you, motherfucker. If you couldn't get out of the first fucking room, you were fucked. And I was fucked. So I find that, you know, all of these experiences that I had as a young gamer, and I didn't even know what a gamer was back then. I just did what I liked, have helped shape me into the person that I am today. And I think even if we're not cognizant of it, that's probably true for all of mm-hmm. all of the game population is that you are enlarged the way you are because of some experiences that you can trace back to gaming. Right. And I find that fascinating. I don't disagree. Hey, Bob, what do you from from a perspective where, you know, the, gaming didn't have the internet because you were the you you had first mentioned that what are some of the games that you've played whether it was in arcade or or whether it was at home um as you were a young gamer where you were like holy shit this is awesome where you're so caught up that you're not even thinking about any of that because i don't think i ever thought shit i don't have a map now because i'm accustomed to a map when a game doesn't have a map i'm like what the fuck i don't have a map but yeah. com- coming up as a young gamer, wh- how, wh- how did you process all that shit? Yeah, um, well, I mean, you know, you just you, you just kind of kept at it. I mean, I think the one that comes to mind first was like the original Metroid. Hmm. Um, you didn't have a map and like you didn't know where to go. And, you know, it's like, here you are. <laughs> Figure it out, asshole. But I mean, but, the, you know, that game was so good. <laughs> Um, you know, with the, uh, you know, with the music and the atmosphere and just the, you know, the gameplay was tight where, you know, you, you, you just, you kind of explored, you know, that I think was the intention too, was, was like, Hey, you're in this alien world, you know, figure out where to go. And that really was the kind of the appeal to that. And I remember, you know, when you find, um, you know, like the freeze beam and then you kind of figure out, Oh, wait a minute, you know, there was this vertical, hallway with these things that i couldn't get up but now with the freeze beam i can and then you get up there and you get to a whole new area and the exactly. colors change and the music change you're like holy shit and then it's like a whole new game so you know you get those you know those moments which are you know these fantastic you know gaming moments that you know you couldn't get if you know you just somebody just said yeah go here or go there or, or you're just watching a video and you're always watching someone do it and you don't really discover that on your own and i think another big one even though it did have a map but there was still so much going on was the original legend of zelda oh I yeah yeah you know talk about i mean the first game that was really like you were on an adventure yep. I, I mean you know just 
the, the, the way you're, you know, killing enemies and, and finding secrets and you're in dungeons and you're figuring out how to, to kill each boss and, you know, you get a bomb and there's a crack in the wall and you put the bomb there and, you know, there's a, a secret passage to get through here and, you know, then you get the candle that lets you light up this. I mean, I mean, that game, the game's a masterpiece. I mean, I'm not telling you something you don't know. Right. But. Those those are the games where and yeah you'd go to school and you'd be like ah shit do you know how to you're like hey do you know how to get over here hey how do you get the master sword and you know your friends would maybe know or they wouldn't know or maybe they tried this and you know you tried that and then I think one of the the, the game changers was you know when I think Nintendo Power rolled around because then you know you did get some of that info some of those maps and and some of those things to kind of help you with with some of those games and you know. Um, but, but yeah, those are, those are the, some of them that kind of stick out where you're, you're really on your own and it's like, you know, you're, you're doing your best to kind of figure it out. But I mean, you just kind of, you, I think also too, it's important to remember that it's not like today where there's a, you know, a new game every week, you know, yeah. I mean, things, things are a little bit more spread out and yeah. you know, you, you weren't getting a game every second, you know, like you, you kind of had a game and like, that was pretty much what you played for like six months or a year or something. And you know, especially when you got something really good, like it's something you went back to, you know, every day. And I think D Money hit the nail on the head too. You know, you come home from school, you know, you don't have to mow the lawn, you know, you don't have to take the garbage out. I mean, well, maybe you did, but but you didn't have all these other responsibilities where you know you had the free time, you know, on the this Saturdays or Saturday morning or whatever to to like, hey, let me let me try this again. Hey, let me see if I can get further in, in Zelda. Right. Hey, let me try this other you know uh, weapon in in Metroid. So you you just had the the disposable time that you know the older you get you get less of that yeah suck agreed well that was that was a great trip down memory lane i'm hoping maybe maybe we'll look at you know continuing from from young gamers into adolescent gamers with more advanced systems and how that looked like too um i think that would be an interesting story leading into adulthood I, i i'd like the topic I, I started to think about all the different types of games I played and the things I've observed. And it, it was just, I, I think we were in a good gaming place when gaming was gaming. Um, yes. And, and I think it's, I think it's worth sharing. Yeah. Let's, let's call it. Well, next week we'll go on to the leisure suit Larry phase. Yes. <laughs> you know, by the way, before we move on talking about maps and stuff, just for you guys and for the listeners too, if you haven't, if you haven't tried it, I downloaded a game off a of Game Pass. It's called Carrion or Carrion. Something I don't know. Yeah. Let me let me tell you something. It literally is Metroid, except instead of being a person, you're like a slimy virus. And, mm-hmm. and oh, you, I think I've seen that game. Yeah. Let me tell you yeah. something. You want to talk about no map and not knowing where to go? It is fucking amazing. I have no idea where I'm going anytime I move, and then I start coming across you know, uh, screens that look familiar. And I'm like, Oh, I went this way. Now I got to go that way. I feel like a kid all over again. Yeah. I, I've been told to get that and to play that and that I would love it. You, that is a definite money game. You should, you should check that out next time you can. I will. Thank you. All right. Well, this would be a good time to remind our listeners that this level of all up in your geek is brought to you by the high heel gamer, the over of the nerd world. You can catch her on her website at thehighheelgamer.com or live on the breakdown every Wednesday at 6 p.m. on Facebook. Boom. Yeah. Come on, Bob. Give it to me. Oh, I'm going to give it to you hard. <laughs> There's no lube. There's no warplay. It's just um, coming hard. I'm not uh, ask me ask me no. what it is oh man well you what? know i don't even know why i picked this game because there's no way you're gonna get it no 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 i'm saying you have to ask me what the breakdown oh. is oh oh sorry <laughs> hey what's the breakdown <laughs> <laughs> it's only a broad look at all things comic hero and villain related news interviews of actors writers and artists of your favorite comic book paraphernalia boom boom and you can also catch me on the high heel gamer stream you can get the link from her facebook page the high heeled gamer we've been rocking some division two answering the call going back to new york but we will literally play a ton of shit because we all have the same type of backlog boom all right right. now you can give it to me hard bob all right (laughs) it's coming hard there's no lube (laughs) you're gonna bend over and take it (laughs) it's time It's time. Let's name that game.
time. All right. Well, this game is the first FMV basketball video game. It's developed by Digital Pictures for the PC and CD-ROM-based video game systems, such as the Sega CD. Hmm. Uh, stars Scotty Pippen. And not only was he in the game, but he performed the theme song. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Ron Stein, <laughs> who had previously directed the video footage for another game called Prize Fighter, directed the video game footage for this game. Uh, there was also a 3DO interactive version that was announced but never released. Um, in the game, you play uh, players face various opponents in one-on-one -on -one games of basketball, including Pippin himself. The game allowed full-screen video playback of low-resolution MPEG <laughs> video without specialized hardware utilizing video compression. So it looked like shit, basically. Um, but it was lag-free on the screen, and um, it also came out for the Sega 32X, and it was released in November of 1994. Uh, gentlemen, <laughs> name that game. <laughs> hmm. You know, I, I think that this game is heavy on the Scotty Pippen, Scotty Pippen references, and while I don't remember a specific game to Scotty Pippen, the only game that popped into my mind was Barkley Shut Up and Jam. Because yes! that, yeah, that is the only game that I know of that was that the basketball game that was also, I guess, of that type on Sega. Because I know there was Jordan versus Bird, but I don't think that was on Sega. Well, I know this game. <laughs> and I'm conflicted here. Okay. Oh. I can give the right answer or the good answer. <laughs> and I think with the good answer Charles Barkley shut up and jam but wait a minute that's not the right answer <laughs> and it's what I'm going with oh. wow well if wow. you know wait hold on wait a minute wait a minute if you wait hold on if you do it if you go with the good answer versus the right answer I will then make fun of you for blowing the fucking game since you bust my balls to this day about that last fucking game from a few weeks ago. Let me teach you all about something. A little something I like to call loyalty. Wow. The correct answer to Bob's name that game is Slam City. However, I, if nothing else, am loyal. And for that reason, and that reason alone, I answer, who is Charles Barkley Shut Up? <laughs> wow. What 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 kind of what kind of ally is this, Lou, where you would you would go with the joke answer exactly over over the, the right answer? The, you know, you know who, you know what kind of ally he is, Bob. The kind of ally that pays two hundred and forty dollars more for a system he already has. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. This is no joke, sir. This is not the joke answer. This is the loyal answer. Well, loyal to who? Charles Barkley. Yes. <laughs> 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 Wait, I, I, before we go, I got to hear this. How are you loyal to Charles, Bar Charles Barkley? Loyal to Charles Barkley, but I'm loyal to Charles Barkley's Shut Up and Jam. And how many more opportunities are we going to get in the history of <laughs> Name That Game to guess Charles Barkley's Shut Up and Jam without just being, you know, pissing in the wind? So I wow. will stick with my loyal answer of Charles Barkley's Shut Up and Jam. You can you can answer what you want, Lou. I gave you the right answer. No, I I understand, but I already said Barkley's shut up and jam, and I can't give the answer after you gave the joke answer. It's not right. Well, no. Answer, dude. I'm being loyal. Not only am I being loyal to Sir Charles himself, but I am being loyal <laughs> to you, my ever faithful leader and follower, at all up in your geek. So I will stick Lou. Till the death. What, what, a, what a strange turn of events. 
Indeed. Well, he just well, he. Actually, you know what this is, Bob? I'm he's yeah. Shawn Michaels and I'm Marty Janetti. That's what happened right now. Yeah, yeah right. Is this uh, <laughs> right? Is this the barbershop or, or is this a Montreal screw job? What is going on here? I don't know. Well, gentlemen, this is this is weird, but um, you know, it's it's unfortunately it's not. Charles Barkley shut up and jam. I knew better than to propose that because, uh, you know, I knew D-Money would be all over it. But the, the name of the game is, in reality, Slam City with Scotty Pippen. So we still would have been wrong. Actual title. So with, I don't know, without, with Scotty Pippen, I don't know if that was a correct answer. So. What if I was going to be wrong anyway? At least now I'm wrong in style. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So shut up and jam and get a ticket to Slam City with Scotty Pippen, baby. <laughs> That's funny. All right. Yeah. Well, you've reached the end of this level of All Up in Your Geek. Remember to keep those emails coming to allupinyourgeek at gmail.com. Follow us on all forms of social media at All Up in Your Geek. And in closing, geek up. Because Kurt Angle knows he can't beat me, and he's not even going to try. <laughs>